0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: This is uh, Jay Harwitz with another edition of the Med's Amazing Love Night Podcast. My special guest is my longtime friend, over over thir- oh, close to thirty five years. I feel old, John, Sean. Sean Denner of the, the all time puncher with the Giants. Should you and I have a lot of common interests. You're a big Giant fan. I'm a big Giant fan, and I've converted you to a Med fan. Uh, let's go, let's go back to the uh, seventh game of the of the eighty six World Series. It's a Monday night. We're playing at Shea Stadium. And I'm trying to sneak to look at the Giants are playing the Redskins. But something else happened over at Giants Stadium. and the like, night. What did you tell the fans what it was?
0: Well, first of all, it's great to be here with you, Jay. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. And yes, uh, very interesting that that night, while you guys were playing game seven of the World Series, we were actually playing a Monday night game. And, you know, it was very surreal because when you looked up into the uh, the crowd, there were thousands and thousands of antennas. Everybody had those little watchman TVs. They were all watching the Mets game while they were at our game. So, you know, it was just a very cool look to to look up. I've never seen that at any other game in my career. But uh, two times during the game, when the Redskins made a big play, you guys did something at Shea Stadium at that same moment. And the whole stadium started cheering. And at first, we couldn't figure it out. Why is everyone cheering for the Redskins? And then we realized that the Mets should have Mets made a good play or scored runs. And, you know, then, uh, in the second half, I remember, uh, Phil Sims, our quarterback, uh, broke the huddle and as he walked to the line of scrimmage to call the play, the whole stadium just erupted. And, uh, Phil kind of stepped back for a few seconds because we realized at that moment the Mets must've won. And I believe they put something up on the scoreboard. Uh, Mets World Series champions or something like that. And uh, then we finished that game. But I thought it was really ironic that uh, while you guys had uh, almost 60,000 over there, we had about 80,000 here. And uh, you're trying to watch our game and all of our fans are watching your game. That was a pretty neat night.
1: Yeah, I got into trouble watching your game, too, because somebody from our front office walked by and asked me which team that I was I employed by, I said, honestly, i rooted for the Giants Logan, i rooted for the Mets. The joke didn't go over too well. Sure, did you guys know, when did you guys know what was going on? After the game or during the game? No, it was during the game.
0: Like I said, when, uh, you know, when, when they started cheering all 78,000 at the same time, after the Redskins made a big play, uh, it took us a few seconds to realize, wow, the Mets must have done something because obviously they would always cheer when we made a big play. And then uh when Sims went to call that play and the stadium just erupted and they probably stood standing, clapping and cheering for five minutes, it wasn't for us. It was the fact that the Mets, you guys had won the World Series at that moment. And, uh, you know, that was just pretty cool to know. And, you know, who knows, maybe subconsciously in some way that kind of – uh Spurred us on because we ended up winning the Super Bowl uh, the same year you guys won the World Series.
1: That sounds good. Sure. Did you guys follow us at all? I mean, it's hard—you play your own sport. Did, I mean, it just comes from Baltimore. You know, uh, it's his second year in New York. Did you did you follow the Mets that year, or did other guys know follow the Mets in the locker room and you know kind of know what was going on in Jay Stadium? Well, the guys who were
0: uh, fans of baseball absolutely were following. Uh, you know, we had a lot of guys that that played baseball when they were in high school and college and uh, that were playing in the NFL with me on the Giants. So certainly we were following it because, uh, I mean, you guys were the story. You know, I think you won one hundred and eight games that year and you guys are on the back page of all the papers every every day. And you had so many star players. So, you know, as we started having a good year, you uh, you know, we started to get the attention, but that wasn't until November and December. You know, when our season started in September, you know, you guys were the talk of uh, the sports world. And, uh, you know, we all certainly followed you. And, you know, we would run into your players at different events in the city and around town. And, you know, I got to be friendly with a lot of those guys. And, you know, 30 some years later, I still run into those guys and we catch up. So yeah, it was really great uh, for us guys that were big baseball fans.
1: Yeah, I was at the, you know, uh, that January, uh, Phil Simms makes 22 of 25, you know, beat the Broncos. And after you won the Super Bowl, did you, was there any dinners where the Mets and Giants were at, or was it kind of like separate in in that winter?
0: No, no, there were a bunch of events, you know, where we were out together and, you know, I used to come over there during the season uh, in September. Uh, You know, I saw a few of the games there at, at Shea Stadium and, You know, but once our season was over, we certainly ran into, you know, the Mets players. I can remember that's kind of where I got to know uh, Ron Darling and Strawberry, uh, Dwight Gooden, still a big Giants fan to this day. Uh, Lee Mazzilli and I became friendly. Uh, You know, so many of those guys I I would run into and uh, moving forward, uh, a lot of them still live in the New York area. So uh, that was really a great time for uh, both teams.
1: Looking back at your career, Sean, you played professional football 25 years, 22 in the NFL, three in the USFL, but really, you were really a baseball player. That was one of your first passions. I know you're from Baltimore. You you went to Towson State on a football scholarship, but you really wanted to play baseball. Is that the case?
0: No, that's true, Jerry. That is very true. I never played football until I was a senior in high school. Uh, I played baseball since I was two, three, four years old. And it was always my favorite game. And uh, I was lucky to grow up in Baltimore. We had a great team with the Baltimore Orioles. I think I went to, uh, you know, five world, uh, five or six six World Series between the age of like five and 21. You know, we had great players, Frank Robinson, Brooks Robinson, Powell. You know, we had great pitchers and actually when I was seven years old I was at the first game of the uh 69 World Series I was sitting in the right field stands with my dad and uh I remember when Don Buford hit a he was the first batter up for the Orioles and hit a home run off Seaver Atlanta landed right in front of us we won that game and you know our team had won 109 games that year and we thought well we're gonna be okay and everyone knows after that the Mets uh, won the rest of the games but I remember that series very clearly and uh, even to this day I run into Ed Cranepool and art Chamsky and you know I enjoy talking to those old-timers about uh that that team and that World Series
1: and, and you when you were Towson, Billy Hunter the old Oreo uh player was was your coach he tried to convince you to play uh baseball
0: yeah he wanted me to play baseball because uh you know I played well in high school but the scholarship I got was for football and you know they didn't allow me to do both but uh you know Billy Hunter uh he was always very friendly to me, and he says, you know, we'd love to have you We'd love to have you play baseball. I said, I'd love to play baseball, too. Uh, you know, and sometimes I would go over there and take batting practice and throw the ball around with the guys. But, uh, you know, I wasn't able to play in college, but, uh, you know, love baseball. And uh, all these years, uh, even though I was fortunate to play football, it's still my
1: favorite sport. You know, Sean, I was preparing for this uh, podcast, and, you know, you and I have been friends for a long time. And you really had a great career. I mean, uh, five uh, Pro Bowl, five uh, All Pro teams, two Pro Bowls, two World Championships. um, You know, punted from over sixty thousand yards. If you look back at what you've accomplished. You got to be proud of you know what you've done through the years.
0: Well, I appreciate you saying that, Jay. And you know, that's something all of us as players should do more. You know, we you know we don't stop to think of all the good things we did and you know, because I talk to other players and it's, it's interesting how most of us will think of, well, we should have played better or we wish this would have happened and that would have happened. And it's not only in football, it's in other sports. It's really interesting how most of us don't take the time to look back and say, you know what, feel good about what you did and be happy that you had a chance to have a nice career. And, you know, that's why when people mention it, like you just did, it's always a nice thing because, uh, you know, those years come and go. And, Uh, We were all
1: very fortunate to do what we did for a living. You played for two pretty uh, Hall of Fame coaches, Bill Parcells, with the Giants, and Andy Reid, now who won with Kansas City. So you ought to be pretty happy when when the Chiefs won last year because of the relationship with Andy Reid, right?
0: Very true, Jay. Uh, You know, Andy and I started when I played for the Packers, and he was instrumental, you know, really in helping my career. Keep going because uh, he became the head coach of the Eagles in '99, and he gave me the opportunity to compete for a job in Philly. And you know, every year you have to win the job, but more important is to get the opportunity, especially as a guy 38, 39 years old. You know, I probably would not have played my last eight years uh, if I didn't have Andy Reid. Because uh, when you get older as a player, it's tough to get signed and. Uh, you know, so I'm always grateful to him for that. But anybody that played for Andy knows just what a great person he is, a great coach. If if every coach was like Andy Reid, each player would be the best player he could be because uh, he's always in your corner. He demands respect, but uh, everyone is so happy for him. And as you said, he, uh, he is a sure Hall of Famer after that Super Bowl win last February. I know.
1: Did you ever get a chance to talk baseball with Bill Parcells? I know he used to come to our training games. He was a big baseball fan, big trivia buff. And, uh, do you ever get a chance to talk baseball with him at all? Or was it just strictly football?
0: Oh, no, we talk baseball a lot. Uh, you know, he, he can still, he grew up a New York Giants fan, uh, in the fifties. He grew up over in New Jersey and he can still name you the starting lineup of the, uh, the giants in the early 50s uh i know he was scouted by the phillies uh you know and there was a talk where he was going to sign with the phillies but uh is a huge baseball fan he played in high school and you know ironically he played football at wichita state in kansas and i know they have great uh baseball programs out there but uh yeah we would talk about baseball a lot and in fact he's a neighbor of mine down in jupiter florida in the winter time and uh he and Ron Wolf, who's another Hall of Famer, uh, general manager for the Packers, years with the Raiders, uh, they may not miss a spring training game. I mean, between the uh, the Cardinals and the Marlins and Jupiter and uh, you guys up the road in Port St. Lucie, uh, Parcells is at quite a few of those games.
1: But, uh, sure. I know because of our friendship, you come to spring training a lot, but you're kind of like a on all the sports teams, you support all the New York teams, you know, the Islanders, Rangers, uh, uh, you know, the Knicks and, you know, and I used to do a lot of work with FAN on the football stuff. Uh, is that something you consciously try to do is to, you know, spread it around?
0: Yeah, I do. Jay, you know, as a kid growing up, I just loved all the sports and I played all the sports and there's a lot of great sports cities in America. There really are. But you know, New York, uh, you know, has eight, eight pro teams. They not only have one of each, they have two of each. And for someone that loves sports the way I do, you know, there's so many games to go to and, you know, quite often I'm available at night. So, you know, to be able to, uh, take the train in to see the Knicks or the Rangers or, you know, uh, drive over to see the Islanders or, uh, go see you guys 90% of the time, every once in a while, I will get over to a Yankee game. And if you guys are out of town, but the fact that you're so close to where I live quite often, I'm in city field and, uh, you know, it's just great as a guy who loves sports to be in a town that has so many to offer. And I'm certainly at as many games as I can.
1: You know, I, I, I love the way you interact with the fans. Uh, you know, we have our ambassadors with, uh, With the Mets, you have, you know, Mookie and Alfonso. And I sat with a couple of giant games with you, and when I enjoyed it, you would take one of your Super Bowl rings off and pass it through a section. And I said, my God, somebody's going to steal his ring. But you got them all back. But did you do something you did in a while to give the fans a chance to wear one of your Super Bowl rings?
0: Yeah, that's it for me, Jay. I mean, certainly uh, I try and keep an eye on it, and I always know there is a chance someone would run with it, but I have to tell you, and, uh, you know, over 30 years I've done that hundreds of times and, you know, it's always come right back to me. And, you know, I think the people are just so happy to, uh, try it on and take a picture with it. I know when I was younger, uh, you know, if I was a fan, if I had a chance to try on a Super Bowl ring, what a big deal it would be for them. So, uh, you know, it's something I enjoy doing because it's so nice for the fans to have that experience. And, you know, I, I try to at least, uh, take a look at the people I'm giving them to, even though you can't judge a book by its cover. And, you know, if I feel comfortable doing it, I do it. And, you know, you got, you've got you had a chance to see me do that at Johnny. A lot games.
1: of times, you always got it back. Sure, do you feel like, you know, as a puncher, sometimes the position gets disrespected? I mean, something you did for so long and, um, you know, punches always keep parts of a game. Do you feel like a lot of times punches don't get the respect that they deserve through the years?
0: Yeah, most of us feel that way. you know, and the reason for that is, you know, in our position, you know, we're not guys that block and tackle and run and catch and throw, which is what football is. And, you know, uh, you know, a lot of times people like to use that against us, you know, that, well, you don't hit anybody or you don't really play, all you do is kick. And even though that's true, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's something as a punter, obviously, you don't like to hear, but, you know, some people look at that, you know, that way. And, you know, every once in a while, you, you know how it is in baseball, Jay. You you got to deal with that too. But, you know, most of the people are pretty good, but uh, there's always a scumbag here or there, but we deal with yeah. it pretty
1: good. True to you, one thing I've always preached because of our friendship. Every time we do charities affairs with the Mets, you know, you come from Pennsylvania, Long Island. And when, you know, when Shannon Ford used to work for me, we ran a couple of uh, charity events for her, and you always made it your business to get there. And, it was rainy or snowy. You were always there for a lot of stuff we did, And that's something, you know, I'll always remember. And it's especially, so it's what kind of guy you are to do that kind of stuff.
0: Well, I appreciate it, Jay. Shannon was wonderful for everyone who knew her, just a great person. And, uh, you know, through the years, uh, you know, so generous to any, everybody that knew her and, you know, it was just a, a tragedy for, for her to come down with the illness she had and, you know, very sad for anybody to pass, but especially a person that, you know, and, uh, is such a great person. And, uh, you know, I, I still every once in a while think about her to this day. And, you know, I remember when I would call to the hospital, her husband would answer the phone and, you know, he would tell me how she was doing. And, uh, you know, I, I, we all feel the same way. And, um, she was just a wonderful person to know.
1: Was that something you always did sort to give back to the community? I mean, a lot of people don't want to be role models or don't want to take the sign the, sign the autographs, but every time it was around you always did that and always, you know, looked out for the fans and you know, never just blew by anybody asking for an autograph. Is that something Do you have a role model when you were a kid getting into the game that you pounding yourself after?
0: Well well, yeah. I mean again, growing up in Baltimore, you know, uh for those that remember We used to have the Baltimore Colts. We used to have the Baltimore Bullets in the NBA and obviously the Orioles. But, you know, our idols down there, we were very fortunate to have two. We had Brooks Robinson and Frank Robinson. We had other ones, but no, I'm sorry. It was Brooks Robinson in football and John Unitas in, uh, you know, baseball and football. I'm getting them mixed up here. But anyway, we had two guys that were great role models, treated the fans good. And I remember just saying to myself, boy, if I ever make it one day, I want to be good to the fans like those guys because as a kid or a fan, you know, just to have a player just for a few seconds acknowledge you, uh, you know, you don't even have to do too much. It it makes such a difference. And, you know, I know through the years before training camp, you know, you'd have a lot of kids on the field or after practice just to go over for five minutes and say hi, sign a few autographs or play catch with a kid. Uh, You know, it's so it's so gratifying now. You know, 25, 35 years later, a grown up will come by and say, you don't remember. But, you know, when I was nine years old, you played catch with me at training camp. And you think to yourself, you know, this guy's now 40 years old. And, you know, he remembers that to this day. So uh, I've always done that because of the way the pro players treated me when I was a yeah. kid.
1: Well, show me. I can't believe we are known each other 30, 35 years. That's a long time.
0: Yeah, you've been a wonderful friend through the years, not only to me, everybody that knows you and. Um you know, I appreciate your friendship through the years.
1: Me too sure hopefully before the end of the summer, come out to, uh, to to city field with your son and watch a Mets victory and I look forward to seeing you again and again. sure, thank you for your time.
0: You're welcome, Jay. Thanks very much.